0: They lose Keontae Kennedy and Sule. Boom! One fan said that he's done. He's not going to watch UTEP basketball because he is so discouraged that uh, you know UTEP could lose some of their best players year after year to this portal. That why invest on this team? Because you're a fan of the team, and 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 you realize
1: something. It's not the team's fault. It's the system's fault. And you know what? You can't lose your fandom because the system is screwed up. You can't. You're a minor fan. You're a minor fan. You can't be. You can't be upset. Listen. Here's the thing to all minor fans to understand out there. Joe Golding is the most player-friendly player-coach UTEP has had probably ever. All right? Ever. I mean, I'm thinking back. We all know the Bear. Players didn't like him, but they respected him. And then afterwards, they realized why he coached the way he coached. But he wasn't exactly making friends on the team, especially in the 60s and and 70s in his younger years, okay? Um, after, After him, you had Jason Rabideau who was young and kind of rode the wave with Brandon Wolfram and Roy Smaller, but when they graduated, things went downhill, and that led over to, um, you know, Billy Gillespie. Players coach? Hard to say. He was there for two years. It's not exactly like we had enough of Billy Gillespie to ever know how much of a player-friendly coach he was. Doc Sadler? Yeah, I'd say he was a player coach. He was only there for two years, too. Then came Tony Barbie. Players, coach. I could see that a little bit because he, he he had a really good pipeline in Memphis. They were they liked him. They liked his style. They played with him. Tim Floyd, players, coach. Hey, um, unfortunately, there was a lot of coming and going because the transfer portal kind of started during the Floyd era. The only difference between the portal then and the portal now is players just like the opportunity to jump in the portal because they could, they weren't getting paid legally like they can now. That's how things have really evolved from the portal since Floyd was there till now. Um, You know, NIL is just changing the game. So you could say, throughout all the years of UTEP, they have never had a coach as player friendly as Joe Golding. Guys will take a bullet for him. They love them. So the key is, you know, that's a huge advantage for a head coach. If players love to play, then they might say, you know what, the grass isn't necessarily greener someplace else, even with some NIL money thrown in because I want to know what I can do here. I got a great system. It's going to make me ready for the next level. I'll get my. I'll get paid when it's time to go pro. I don't have to have it as a, uh, as a college athlete because I know it's common. So he's got that advantage right now. The key is – Can they recruit the difference makers that he can coach up just like this group that he coached up to make UTEP a perennial CUSA contender? If they can do that and the recruiting matches the coaching – I don't think fans should be upset if you got guys coming and going, because you know he can coach. Look, Kentucky does it every year. They just do it with McDonald's All-Americans. You get a guy, they go to the NBA, you get the next guy, and you keep going from there. You can't grow attached to athletes at Kentucky because the good ones always leave for the pros. So, what's the difference? Here, you got to just hope that they recruit enough to do what they need to year after year, and just brace themselves for players leaving on a regular basis, because that's the new reality of college athletics.
0: Yeah, I think UAB is a Prime example of that because they kind of had that revolving door around their program, and look at what UAB has done. They're in the the Conference USA Championships right now. They had a lot of players leave uh, in the transfer portal last year. They acquired some great talent. Look at they got Jordan Walker, the Conference USA Player of the Year, right there. And I I feel like you know it's not about being discouraged about players leaving. It's about selling yourself on Coach Joe Golding if you're a UTEP fan. And I actually you know I don't think it's fair to call him not a good recruiter because he didn't have a full year to recruit last year full offseason. Now the brand is built a little bit better for UTEP than it was last year. Who wanted to go to UTEP last year? Let's be honest. Now they're a 19-win team. They have momentum going into the offseason and Joe Golding has a better brand to sell uh, to recruits.
1: There's two ways to look at Joe Golding as a recruiter. Either A, they keep the bulk of their scoring back next season and he only needs to bring in one or two real difference makers to take them over the top and give them a legitimate shot to win the Conference USA, or if there is the max mass exodus, like we've seen the last couple seasons, then the work gets harder because then you got to recruit more players. You can't really miss. You got to you know fill in the gaps, bring in players that can shoot, rebound, give you that toughness. Take your whatever the nucleus of remaining players will be after this season and hope it's enough. But as a UTEP fan, you can't abandon the program because the system is flawed. You're a fan. That means you stick with them through thick or thin. And remember. If guys leave, they're not leaving because of Joe Golden or UTEP. They're leaving because of a system that is so messed up, it's giving them opportunities that they've never dreamed of before that suddenly is becoming a reality where schools can just pick and choose whoever they want.
0: Hey, you're leaving town. You're going to spring training. You're going to get a much-needed uh, out for some spring break. Uh, I'm handling things with Angel today and then Monday, and then we're taking off. I mean, we've, got, we've gotten pretty much all of next week off. We've got NCAA tournament coverage all across the board. When we come back, it's a lot of tourney talk, which I'm looking forward to. Me Steve. too. Uh, we're going to have so much breaking news over the course of the time where we're off air. I, I just know that.
1: Listen, I'm telling you right now, um, we'll be back. I'll be back on air on the 21st. I guarantee you, between UTEP, Baseball Free Agency, and who knows what else in sports, there is going to be a ton, a ton to talk about. I am excited going to go into Arizona to watch baseball because... I was planning on going to watch minor league games and minor league kids. Now I'll have the opportunity to at least see some of the big leaguers as they start to work their way back into camp. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Might have to just drop by Padres camp and see what's going on over there and pick and choose where I travel. I don't think there's going to be games next week, but that's okay. I'm all right just watching guys work out. That's part of the fun as well. Let my 9-year-old take some pictures with some ball players and, and just have a good time with spring training.
0: I hope there's some big names out there. Well, I mean, I would assume most of them are
1: going to be there, right? <laughs> unless, unless they're having visa issues traveling over. No, from I'm just other saying, countries. get
0: get all the best players out there. Let's let's see them all. And then, do yeah. you think there will be a lot of people out there as tons, first fans? Tons. Yeah, everybody's I mean, going to flock is, this over. This is the spring
1: break week. I mean, this is it. So everybody's going to be around all, all over the uh, all over the area. How about this? How many people from Chicago canceled their trip because of the lockout and now, are trying to, and now are trying to book again? Or other cities? They, this is normally a pilgrimage this time of year. So how many fans were so frustrated, they canceled all their plans, now they got to rebook and hope that hotels they canceled and other rooms are, are suddenly available for them right now? That's going to be interesting.
0: Or they, they just canceled it all together, Steve, and then you'll get there in the, in the front of the line there as yes. far as the Padres.
1: Even though um, I won't be on air with you next week for the first couple of days, uh, I'll still be checking Twitter. So if anybody wants to hit me up, you can always do so. I'm Perfect. very accessible on Twitter. More than happy to keep in touch with people uh, while you're uh, gone and have a great time hosting the show. You earned it and uh, enjoy a couple, at least at least a good full three hours today and Monday to get you ready for uh, what's going to be a very busy, busy week of college hoops as the tournament's right around the
0: corner. I appreciate it, Steve. You have a great trip and we'll talk to you again uh, on the 21st. Are you doing a movie review today? Yes. Good. I'm doing it with Angel. We talked about this ahead of time. Nice. Yes. I'm so excited we're about We're ready that. for this
1: um bananas i'm hoping to did, did, oh
0: 100 we're gonna did, do you gotta do bananas did
1: the movies get a But did this movie get a banana
0: yes okay good so at, 100%. Least, it, so at least it's earned one banana <laughs> all right that's good most definitely have fun today guys i appreciate it steve steve kaplowitz here with us here in our Lubin go studios take a time out right now when we come back your phone calls for the next hour and 15 minutes as we continue here on sports talk right here 600 espn el paso all right welcome back to sports talk Angel Munoz is across the glass producing the show, screening your calls. And uh, taking you through sports talk today. I'm Adrian Bratis We're filling in for Steve Kaplowitz today. He's heading out for some spring break, but much needed R&R for Steve. And uh, we are going to carry the rest of the show today. We've got a busy show, but we want to talk some UTEP hoops today. We want to talk all sorts of college basketball news. There's some great uh, other storylines across the sporting world. Uh, we're seeing right now that there are some uh, real big news out of the NBA as well. Greg Popovich gets, uh, the, uh, he ties the most career wins wins as an NBA coach with Don Nelson. 1,335 wins uh, in just 2,029 games. Uh, so we could talk about that as well. Our telephone number, eight eight zero five seven six three. Telephone number to get into the program, 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. And we got a, a bunch of tweets to get to as well on Twitter uh, from that first segment with UTEP basketball uh, and Steve Kaplowitz. Uh, there's a lot to talk about with this UTEP men's basketball team. We talked a lot about this on Minor talk yesterday presented by the Oscar Adietta agency. We'll get to some awards later on in the show as well. Uh, brought to you by our good friends at Wind Supply, El Paso, and Keats Southwest. But I know a lot of minor fans were frustrated after the game yesterday. 66-59 loss against Middle Tennessee. No, I'll just say this. Number one, Middle Tennessee is a good team. They were missing their best player in Jefferson, who was a second-team uh, All-Conference USA candidate, but that really didn't mean much to them because DeAndre Dishman is a phenomenal player. Eli Lawrence is a strong player. Donovan Sims is really good for Middle Tennessee. They're they're a deep team, and I like this group a lot. I think that Middle Tennessee, uh, they re- well, I know that Middle Tennessee took UAB to the wire today, triple overtime. The Blue Raiders had multiple chances to win this one. I mean, they really should have took it home and actually uh, won that one, clinched it to go to the Conference USA Championship against Louisiana Tech tomorrow. Uh, But, yeah, the UAB Blazers were just able to outlast Middle Tennessee, and and they were able to win this one. But going back to the Miners for a second – UTEP head coach Joe Golden yesterday was very revealing in the post game interview with Voice to the Miners John Teicher He talked about things like postseason tournament, which I know that a lot of people are interested in. Hey, is, is UTEP going to play in a postseason tournament? Well, the answer is probably no. I, I would say that they're leaning toward a no uh, because there's a lot of things around this team right now. And one of the biggest things is the transfer portal, which is looming over this group. Um, the transfer portal is, is very uh, much real. And I know there were a lot of of UTEP fans who called into the show uh, throughout the past couple weeks and they said, hey, you know, just run it back. Just run the the entire team back one more year and see what UTEP could do. Well, just like Steve wrote today in his article on 600ESPNELPASA.com, if they return uh, the nucleus of this group and then add a couple quality bigs, there's no doubt in my mind that they're a conference USA championship contender next year. However, if they end up losing some of their key players, it's up to the coaching staff to supplement those losses with some quality talent players. And I think that's way easier said than done. But, you know, we could talk about this on the show today, eight eight zero five seven six three our telephone number if you'd like to get in on the transfer portal, 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. And if you want to get in on the game as well, we could definitely do that. There were minor fans yesterday who were really upset with the officiating uh, in that game you know, I'll I'll just state one number real quick. Middle Tennessee was fouled. Um they were called for one foul in the last 5 minutes of regulation. Uh UTEP was called for six fouls in the final 5 minutes of regulation. Middle Tennessee got to the free throw line. They were able to tie things up to go to overtime 52-52 while the Miners who surged back in the second half after pretty much, you know, sleepwalking through the first um, you know, first 20 minutes of the first half and then out of the second half probably the first 10 to 15 minutes of that one until the miners woke up they had an 18 to 4 run and that helped them uh, get their first lead of this game uh, late in the second half they led by as much as four points with under 5 minutes to go but middle tennessee was able to close um, close it out in regular uh, in the i guess in the regular period and then actually tie things up at 52 to send it to overtime. When it went to overtime, Middle Tennessee, as soon as they got that two possession lead, they never really looked back. The Miners, um, they just they couldn't get some quality shots in the overtime period. Uh, shots were just not falling for them the entire game. They shot. from the floor and an abysmal 21% from beyond the arc. So it was a tough shooting night for the minors yesterday. And I know minor fans were upset about that. Uh, The, the rebounding thing that that's been an issue all year long. Although I would say yesterday they really fought Um, UTEP Offensively, had nothing going for them in the first half, and all the way into the second half until they just did really basic open ball screens, and you know got got the uh, you know some quality shots from the likes of Keontae Kennedy. They got some nice screens from Zarek Onyema and Titus Verhoeven, and the defense they were just great. I mean, I know Sule Boom was somebody who didn't score all the way till the eight minute mark of the second half, which is you know beyond crazy to think that the leading scorer was held scoreless. Um, you know, all the way through that game yesterday, but it also shows you what Sule Boom could do to affect a game that's not scoring. Look at what Sule Boom did yesterday. Nine rebounds, seven steals defensively in one block. Sule Boom was just simply everywhere on the defensive side of the ball, and I thought that was really impressive to watch uh, him do you know do that yesterday in that big kind of, in that kind of game. And uh, you know they just didn't get much off the bench, but I still want to commend guys like Jamari Sibley, who I thought had a good game. I thought Alfred Hollins had a pretty decent game as well, and uh, same with Christian Agnew off the bench, who scored six points. The, the miners. it's going to be an interesting offseason if this is really it for this UTEP men's basketball season. It's going to be interesting to know or to kind of find out which players will end up leaving this program, which players will decide to stay. And uh, I, I guess we're just going to have to watch this transfer portal. I know some fans are really hanging on to some hope that uh, UTEP could end up getting a postseason game, but I think that's one of those selfish things right there. I think in reality, UTEP doesn't have um, much to gain or benefit from the. uh, Postseason tournament, and some might argue, well, you know, UTEP when they went to the NIT or when they went to the CBI before, that was great for fans to go out and experience those games. But that's pretty much all it benefits is the fans. It it really just only benefits the fans, and maybe they get some money in terms of tickets and sales and stuff like that, or concessions, whatever it may be. But I think in my eyes, just looking at this group, I think UTEP, head coach Joe Golding, the players, the staff, they should just turn the page. There should be some finality to the season, and they should just be looking toward uh, getting the best recruits they can. 880-5763, our telephone number to get into the show, 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. I'm going to let everybody listen in to what uh, Joe Golding and Voice of the Miners John Teicher talked about yesterday in the the post game interview. Here is Voice of the Miners John Teicher. At 19 and and 13, the miners are worthy of postseason play. What's your thought on that
2: at this point? Yeah, I don't
3: know, man. We haven't talked a whole lot about it. Obviously, um, there's probably some opportunities out there, but um, you know, sometimes it's good to have some finality too to it, man, and move on. So we just got to see what the locker room and, and see the gut. For every year is different. Teich. Um, these guys have played so hard here, you know, lately and. Um, Actually, bigger the, I, dream, actually, the, bigger the just team. completely and honest and DBA, with you, I've got DBA, no idea, you know. Uh, I would say right now we're probably leaning a little bit more towards not playing, um, but uh, who knows, man, things change.
2: And, of course, for you and your staff, uh, you want to get out on the road and, and
3: get recruiting. Yeah, you know, I mean, I we all need a break and we all need time, but here we go, man. You know, I'm leaving tomorrow or and we'll be recruiting all next week, and so that's life, man, but that's good. Uh uh, we, we, we again, won 19 games. We got UTEP back on the map, and we can go out and sell what we're doing there. And uh, it's a lot easier to sell that now than it was nine months ago, I think. So um, challenging times, man. We know that, man. We, 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 who knows what our roster will look like? But tonight's not about that, man. Tonight's about our guys, how hard they played, uh, just the guts they showed, the toughness they showed. And um, and just I, I'm, I'm super proud of them, Ty. We're really, really tired.
2: Big event uh, next week, the National uh, Junior College Basketball yeah. Tournament in, in yeah. Kansas. We'll be there,
3: you know, absolutely. We'll be there Monday when the ball tips, and uh, we'll work that and work, work across the country just to continue to, to make th- uh, this program competitive. You know, that's the key, man. Like, we're getting there. We're getting competitive, and that's all you can do is stay competitive and stay in the, get in the race, get in the fight uh, with these teams, and then eventually, uh, you know, you turn the corner.
4: Are you looking for anything and everything to add to the roster? Yeah,
3: I, I don't know. You know, to be honest with you, we'll see. Uh, but uh, uh, it's, it's, it's the new era of college basketball, you know. So you've you got to be prepared and ready for anything. So uh, who, who knows what the future looks like or how many guys we're looking for.
0: I think that's very revealing right there from head coach Joe Golding after his first season at the helm of UTEP. Uh, Still undecided on the subject of possibly playing postseason. It seems unlikely from what he ends up saying. But the Miners, they might want to invest this time in recruiting instead. You know, they have higher expectations coming next year after winning 19 games. You look at the transfer portal and how it's looming, Having a strong emphasis on recruiting is probably the best way to go if you're head coach Joe Golding and this staff. The the coaching staff plans to be at the National Junior College Basketball Tournament in Kansas next Monday. Uh, So that just tells you right there where their focus is, where they're looking toward here in the postseason. And as far as the type of players that they're going to try to go out and recruit, I'd say it's honestly open. I think you're trying to get the best quality players they are, whether it's a, a shooting guard, if it's a small forward, if it's a power forward, whatever it might be. You just might want to just dive into the recruiting ranks and see the the best players that you could possibly get Uh Over there, and I I know. Look, we referenced Senior Day in the previous segment with Steve, but Junior Sule Boom and Titus Verhoeven, along with redshirt sophomore Keontae Kennedy, were all honored in front of minor fans. You know, Joe Golding at the time deflected that. He said that he just wanted to honor these seniors that were graduating. But somebody, you know, you one must wonder if those trio, that trio, just played their last game as a minor. In the Haskins Center, uh, you know, that game at Senior Day, one must wonder if they played their last game as a minor last night. And one must also remember the fact that a significant group of these players on this current roster were first recruited by Rodney Terry, not Joe Golding. So that's something to note right there. 880-5763, our telephone number to get into the show. I want to get to this real quick. This is some interesting news coming out of college basketball, and it involves a local standout college basketball player. East Carolina has now parted ways with Joe Dooley per a release, and that's John Rostein who tweeted this out. This is real interesting because... East Carolina's best player is Tristan Newton, who is a sophomore guard, six foot five, out of Burgess High School. And when he was here in El Paso, lighting up, um, you know, the scoreboard at the high school ranks for the Burgess Mustangs, Tristan Newton was considered a uh, a, a really good mid-major prospect. However, UTEP didn't even bother to look his way. They didn't re- offer him. They didn't recruit him. Any of that. And now that Joe Golding is here at the helm of UTEP, now that he is. The the head coach here for the Miners, maybe he makes a push for Tristan Newton, now knowing that Newton's head coach Joe Dooley has been removed as the East Carolina Pirates head coach. Maybe maybe UTEP goes after the likes of Tristan Newton, who this past year had a awesome season, averaged nearly 18 points a game, five rebounds, five assists on 44% shooting. Can you imagine if Tristan Newton, who, by the way, is cousins to Aaron and Alvin Jones. He is a direct cousin, a blood cousin, with uh, the you know the brothers uh, that start at UTEP, also start at Burgess, and then went on to play professionally. What if that path is there for Tristan Newton? What if he could come back to the nine one five and play for? Um, his hometown team in UTEP, and UTEP could get a major boost with the likes of Tristan Newton. That would be a real interesting, uh, you know, name to kind of monitor here in, in the next couple weeks to see if he might uh, consider entering the transfer portal. And I'll be I'll be completely honest right here: East Carolina, who is 15 and 15 overall, uh, Tristan Newton, who averaged again nearly 18 points a game for the for the Pirates. Maybe he's even better, you know. Maybe he can go to the Power Five ranks, and maybe he gets recruited uh, out out there uh, for what he's able to do. There's a lot of possibilities right there. I think we're just gonna have to wait and see, uh, to you know, t- uh, to kind of see what UTEP uh, decides to do as far as recruiting and what their emphases are. But that's just an interesting name to note right there. A couple other names to note are Shea Evans who's coming back next year. He was not eligible this year because he transferred midseason from San Diego State. He's a six-foot-five wing as well for the Miners and he'll be playing for them uh, in the next season here in the upcoming fall. Also to note, one of the other players that they'll be getting is Jonathan Dosanjos who is right now uh, averaging nearly a double-double in the junior college ranks. He has already committed to be playing with the Miners next year. So that's uh, those are two names to note for sure as guys who are are certified coming uh, coming uh, to the minors next season. Now we just have to see what other players. Head coach Joe Golding the staff targets here in the offseason. I'm so fascinated by that Tristan Newton name right there and I'm curious to know if anybody's going to float that one out there as a possible uh, you know, possible transfer right there. Eight eight zero five seven six three our telephone number as we continue here on Sports Talk 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. want to mention, we got a busy show today. We're going to have Quadres Wadley, former minor running back who just participated in UTEP Pro Day. Uh, that happened earlier this week. Quadres has an unbelievable story. And the last time that we brought Quadres Wadley here in our Lubingo Studios, it was actually the time when he dealt with an injury back in 2019. He actually had a a season-ending toe injury and, I mean... Through different injuries that he's endured throughout his career, through adversity and all the different things that he's had to fend off, Quadres Wadley has been able to uh, find a way back onto the field, and he's trying to do so professionally. He's trying to go and play uh, you know, on Sundays, play in any kind of league that he can, and we're going to get a chance to profile Quadres Wadley here on the show and have a chance to talk with him as well. Also, we're going to talk to the Doc Jock. It is Dr. Sergio Alvarado of the Desert Institute of Sports Medicine. Can't wait to talk to Dr. Dr. Sergio Alvarado, after a busy busy week that he had uh, in his grand opening at the Desert Institute of Sports Medicine. We'll have that conversation as well. That's coming up at 6 o'clock and then we'll talk some soccer. Joe Rod joining us at 620 to close out our show. Locomotive play uh, this upcoming weekend. We'll preview the 2022 season for the Locomotive FC and we'll also talk a little uh, FC Bra- uh, FC Juarez uh, as well. 880 is our telephone number. Let's go to Dan who's joining us next on the phone lines dan how's it going man how are you i am well how about you agent all right i'm doing fine dan what'd you think of utep last night
5: well you, you you know what uh the people that call in and last night was the first time that i ever listened to minor talk believe it or not i hey,
0: appreciate that man i appreciate you listening and uh
5: they do have a point referring is so so uh I, I remember somebody saying that Golding doesn't know how to work the refs. And you know what? That's true, but you cannot get into an argument and get a technical when the game is in overtime and that close. What my complaint on the referee was with the uh, uh, the so-called uh, block. Yeah, the goaltending. The was, yeah, yeah that, that was goaltending to me. I mean, it's so obvious that watching the game on TV and everything. I mean, that the ball was on not totally downway arc, but it was already at the top of the apex. So that's that's goaltending. And then not only that, uh, number twelve, I believe, who blocked it from Tennessee. He landed on. Uh, I think it was a, a boom's back on it. That's a foul because he, you you know what the guy's still the shooter. And by refereeing rules, you still gotta give him a chance to land on his feet and you land on top of him that to me that that should have been a goaltending and a foul after but you know i'm not a ref that was that. deflating
0: though dan that's the problem is it deflated a lot of momentum for the miners? it allowed middle tennessee to just have a little break at that point i mean the officiating took forever to come up with that decision when it was all said and done and i think that was a lot real frustrating for a lot of minor fans And you you know what? I mean, uh, Tysner
5: has always said that's an instant replay. How did they do this before instant replay? They had the call and everything, and they they didn't do it. Uh, Another thing that I want to talk about is, um, you know, people are already crying about Soleil Boom and and Kennedy transferring out. You know, my opinion on that is let them do it. Let them do it. I mean, you, you know what? As a coach, you're going to deal with that. they dealt with that in in the past. I hope they don't because the Miners could have a really nice team with a couple of people that you just mentioned that, that guy that came from San Diego state, right. he could light it up. He could really light it up from outside. So to me, that's, you know, if one of Kennedy or slave leave, I think he could be a good replacement to me. this still what they lack. And it's always been harder. U tip other than when they had Davis and, uh, and what was his name? Foster. Uh, sure. They've never had a good true center, and they need that. They need a big six, eleven, seven-footer that could bang and get the rebounds. And the other uh, should be decent players. But you know what? Like you said, this is the stage of college basketball. Uh, now they have made all the under-the-table money legal, so you're going to find out people that that will put, that are going to play. Uh, they're going to rate the smaller conferences. The richer get richer, and the poorer will get poorer. I mean, G tip needs to find a few millionaires that are willing to do that, which there aren't that many in El Paso. And also, you, you know, uh, Golding needs to really... You, you know what? I thought the key to the game was forget the fouls, forget all of that. I just think that the miners rely on one or two people to get them in, over the hump and the score, and that's just not going to happen. You you know, you got to come and run your offense. you got to come and do these things because you cannot go to the well too often and expect the guy to hit 100% in the last two, three minutes of overtime sure. or a regular game. And I think that's where the minor is lacking. And, and to me, you know, I hate to say it because I think he makes to Gillespie. Uh, and, you know, I know you just like Floyd, but I love Floyd. I was going to the university when Floyd was an assistant and they had open practices. So I got to see him talk to the guys and everything. You know, Floyd was old school also. I mean, he this is what you're going to do because this is life. If you don't like it, goodbye. Get out. There's the door. And you know what? That's that's the way I grew up. So now all these babies, kids, that, oh, you can't talk to me like that. You have to be nice to me. Really? Is real life that way to you? I mean, why what, do what these guys think that everybody's going to play in the NBA or in Europe? You think when you're going to get a job, the guy said, oh, you played. College basketball, oh, it's okay, mijo. You know that—that's what bothers (laughs) me about all these things nowadays. But I think Golden needs to get a little bit better in managing the last three minutes of the
0: game. Yeah, I think late late game management is something they definitely got to improve on. Hey, Dan, appreciate the phone call. Thanks for weighing in. Good points right there. Uh, real quick, just just some cleanup right there. I have nothing against uh, uh, Tim Floyd. I know Steve has nothing against Tim Floyd. We've moved on. We've moved on here in, in the and Go Studios. Hey, it's 46 past the hour. We're going to take a timeout right now. When we come back, more phone calls, 880-5763 if you'd like to weigh in on UTEP's close to the season. Now's the time to do it. Sports Talk continues right after this on 600 ESPN El Paso. Welcome back to Sports Talk. Final segment here of hour number one. Coming up in hour number two, Quadres Wadley, former UTEP minor. We'll talk to him about his resilient story. A story of perseverance for sure with Quadres Wadley. Let's go to Twitter real quick. Let's get some tweets in before the end of the hour. Mike Cuviello tweets us, great effort by the miners, even though they lost. Great turnaround season. Too bad they faced a team that turned it around even more. This one from Fred Morales. Golding is it. Games have the feel of the old Haskins and Floyd era. Intensity during close contests brings back the rush of days gone by. Keep up the extra effort that creates the desired results. That's coming from Fred Morales. This one from Jetson at SDE757. Can you imagine if Bryson Williams stayed? Yeah, you know, unfortunately for a lot of minor fans, Jetson, a lot of minor fans speculate the big what if if Bryson Williams had stayed this year and not departed to Texas Tech. But look at what Bryson Williams has done. He's playing for one of the best teams in the country, he is a first team all Big 12 recipient, he's a newcomer of the year out of the Big 12. Yeah, he's put together a great, great career post-UTEP. No doubt about that. Hey, hour number two is coming right around the corner. Stay with us. Sports Talk will be continuing. If you'd like to get in, now's the time to do it. 880-5763 as Sports Talk continues right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, welcome back. Sports Talk is live. He's Angel Munoz. I'm Angel Angel Bratis. Adrian Bratis. I just have you on my mind, Angel. That's what's up, man. Hey, I appreciate Angel joining us here on the show today. Steve, uh, heading out for spring break. I've got sports talk today, and I've got sports talk on Monday. So hang with us. Uh, 600 com is where we've got a bunch of stories up on the website. First off, you can check out the grades for the 2021-2022 UTEP basketball season. The Miners achieve milestones in year one under head coach Joe Golding. Also check out Steve's latest, exploring the best and worst case scenarios for UTEP men's basketball. Those stories are up right now at 600ESPNELPASTA.com, and you can check those out uh, here as we continue on the show. 880-5763, our telephone number to get into the show. A little snowy today, huh, Angel? It's crazy because I woke up today, I I was uh, putting on a short-sleeve polo, ready to get out of the house, uh, had a light jacket on thought hey it's starting to really warm up here in sun city and i go outside and i'm greeted by snow flurries man what 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 about you, you what'd know, you have
2: i okay so so here's the thing so i stayed up a little late last night okay you know i i usually stay up a little late and i have like i tend to have realistic dreams you know they don't necessarily go into the the surreal you know okay And the thing is, is that I woke up and I was looking at my Instagram stories as a normal morning. And all of a sudden people were posting about like, why is it snowing? Why is it? And I was like, it's snowing. And I was just thinking like, "Ah, I'm dreaming. I have to be (laughs) dreaming. It's March. There's no way. And it was like 70 degrees. last. Like it was really nice day yesterday. It really was. And so... I go and I look outside my window and it's snowing and I'm like, uh, what's, what's happening? I'm like delirious, half asleep, like what?
0: Yeah, isn't it crazy that you know only El Paso could have uh, three different seasons in one day? Because we wake Mm -hmm. up, we've got winter, Uh, then then we get a little fall after that because it's still chilly outside, it's windy, there's a little uh, like cold rain and stuff like that, and then by the end of the day it's sunny. You can roll up your sleeves. It's back to uh, you know the nice weather outside, and who knows what tomorrow will bring. But this morning we had the gift of snow. If you looked out those photos in like Anthony, New Mexico. They got like legit snow, like they got you know like almost yeah. you know enough to actually you know uh, stick on their on the on the ground and stuff like that. So, I, what about you? Did you get a lot of snow uh, back at your place over there I in the Northeast? I Live
2: near Chaparral, okay. So, like it was like towards the edge of like the cold front that was coming in. So, I got like you know a little light snowfall. It was going down for like maybe an hour or two, okay. And then it was like you know by the time I was going outside, it was already like you know super like you you could step on it and you'd catch like the whole snow's grass underneath okay it's funny because like whenever there's snow, like me and my 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 sisters we we like to go like to the local park like around the around the corner, of course that's of course like you know we bring our little sleds and stuff, and then I you know they're, that's they're always sliding a good time down the hills, and we tried that, and it was just sliding down like wet. Like, it was like a, like a raspa right there. It was like I was sliding down, you know, just. It was it was it was it was not a. It's like you're sliding down
0: March snow. Exactly. I mean, really, yeah. And that's you know, I I live closer to downtown. I get out of my house. I'm seeing the snow flurries come down. It's not really sticking where I was at, uh, but still, just just got in my car, got the long sleeve shirt, and then uh, got on the road. So it's a uh, it's real interesting that we had uh, this these snow flurries coming our way. Eight eight zero five seven six three our telephone number six hundred ESPN El Paso on Twitter. Want to get to this story? We're talking UTEP basketball this hour. If you'd like to get in on the show, now's the time to do it at 880-5763. But this storyline came in today, and I want to talk about it here uh, on the show. Joe Buck is expected to leave Fox Sports for ESPN. He will now become the voice of Monday Night Football. The New York Post has reported. Joe Buck, he's called the World Series. He's been on six different Super Bowls for Fox And Friday, Fox granted Buck's permission to talk with ESPN, and a deal is expected to come to fruition shortly. Now, this isn't a huge surprise because, remember, Troy Aikman left uh, Fox to join the ESPN Monday Night Football booth. The Post reported that Aikman left, and he's on a five-year, $92.5 million contract, according to sources. Now, with Buck... The big thing is, well, what, what is he going to get? I mean, Joe Buck is widely regarded to some people as one of the best play-by-play voices, if not the best play-by-play voices in all of uh, football. He had one year, $11 million left on his contract at Fox. But they're going to let him out early, and kind of as a good gesture to him, he is expected to sign a contract with ESPN. Get this a five-year contract that is upward of $75 million. That means Joe Buck could be making $15 million a year uh, by joining the ESPN Monday Night Football booth. That's pretty impressive right there. And uh, I I look at uh, Joe Buck as, yeah, I I do think he's the best voice in football right now, not named Al Michaels for sure. And we still don't know what's going to happen with Al Michaels. That's kind of the last domino. Uh, we're talking all these NFL free agents right now, uh, you know, like what we saw yesterday with Carson Wentz. He's not a free agent, but he got dealt yesterday to the Washington Commanders. Well, how about the broadcaster free agencies that we've been seeing? That's that's a pretty crazy thing in itself uh, and definitely would like to get uh, your thoughts on that as well. also want to mention this story that came in. How about this? Former miner Nick Needham is now going to receive a hefty raise from the Miami Dolphins and it looks like he'll be coming back next year uh, to the squad. Now Nick Needham he plays that nickel corner position. He's somebody who's undrafted so things are generally harder for guys who are undrafted coming into the league and and staying in the league for that matter. That's a big bummer right there Uh, and you know, with Nick Needham, he's somebody who is now a second-round tender. He's made two interceptions in each of the last three NFL seasons that he's had. Had uh, also 59 total tackles in 2021. Started 22 of the 45 games he's played as a Miami Dolphin. He'll now receive a hefty raise from the uh, $850,000 that he earned in base salary last year. And now he'll be making $3.9 million next year. A hefty raise right Right there for the nickel shutdown corner in Nick Needham. I'm, I'm real happy for him. He's had a great story uh, since coming uh, out of UTEP in 2019. Uh, he was, an undra- again, an undrafted free agent for Miami, and uh, he'll be sticking with the Dolphins. There was some uncertainty. I even know that he posted something on his own social media account that looked like it was it. He was kind of saying his goodbye to his team, but it looks like they'll be bringing him back, and uh, I'm real excited for Nick Needham and what he was able you know, to do at the NFL level. Eight eight zero five seven six three 5763 our telephone number, as we continue. 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. I know some people are telling us our app is down, uh, so I will let people know about that. Uh, as soon as we get that up and running, uh, I'll let people know, and uh, definitely want to let uh, everybody know that. Quadres Wadley coming in the studio as well, one of our good friends uh he has not been here since 2019 quadres you can put those headphones on we'll we'll just jump right into this man we're so happy to have you uh stop by our our Go studios following the utep nfl pro day um how's it going how you doing how you looking uh how's everything going with you here at pro day man
6: it's great to see you hey uh it's my pleasure being here i'm, I'm excited for you to have me here it's uh, been a long time no yeah it has it has i've been doing pretty good uh I spent the last two months in Tyler, Texas, training at APEC uh, for me to get ready for Pro Day. And I did pretty good at Pro Day. My times were solid. Uh, I think the scout was impressed. So we're gonna see if we're gonna see where it goes from here.
0: Okay, man. Well, I'm just I'm talking a little NFL free agency right now. Talking a little uh, TV broadcasters. We'll we'll talk a little bit about your story in just a second. Um, uh, Houston, Texas quarterback Deshaun Watson not facing criminal charges. We found that out in connections with sexual misconduct allegations. He's expected to hit the trade market soon. Jason Kelsey has agreed to a deal. But how about this? I just got finished talking about this. Your former teammate Nick Needham today received a hefty. Rate to stick with the Miami Dolphins. How cool is that uh, for Nick Needham sticking with Miami?
6: Uh, that's really cool. Uh, I'm, I'm really proud of him. I, I've seen him grow uh, throughout our time here at Utah, and he's an amazing player, and he deserves it. Yeah, he really does, and it, it's interesting because
0: you've seen uh, a good batch of... NFL players uh, go from UTEP and you know play on Sundays, and now this is your time right here. This is your preparation. You've trained in the past two months, and you know we'll get to your story. I, I feel like your story is so uh, fascinating to me, Q, because. Your story is uh, of that of resilience and being somebody who's always trying to persevere through all adversity that comes your way, and you've been really good at that. How how uh, you know switching it back to some of the NFL players who've left uh, UTEP and who've played on Sundays, what what does that do to you as just a player? Does that inspire you? Does that make you want to just work extra hard and say, hey, you know, I I shared a a running back group with Aaron Jones, and I've played alongside uh, alongside uh, Will Hernandez, who's now playing on Sundays.
6: No, yeah, it's definitely uh, uh, inspiring. Uh, just to see that you know the guys I've been close to, just to see them make it, you know, it just shows us that it's possible to make it from uh, UTEP.
0: No, most definitely. Hey, do you keep up with the UTEP basketball team? I know you've been extremely busy these past couple months, but uh, do you get a chance to watch them or, or, or keep or follow them uh, throughout this time?
6: Yeah, I've been following throughout the whole year. Uh, I just watched the last game. It was a, it was a pretty good game. It was, it was sad that, you know, we lost in overtime, but it was a pretty good game.
0: What did you think of the game overall? It was a close one. It was just back and forth, nonstop.
6: Yeah, I thought it was really exciting. Uh, you know, Utah, I think, gained some respect after that game. Uh, a lot of people was expecting a lot out of them, and they they went out there and showed what they could do and what they're capable of.
0: You've been in El Paso since 2016. You've been a minor since 2016. This is the first year I can remember in a long time, Q, where football's good, basketball's
6: good. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you know, we all just been trying to change the culture. Uh, we all hang out outside of uh, our sports, and we just try to have the community to where people will come out and show up, show up and support us. And in return, we're going to do the same for the city.
0: Yeah, those ba- you know, the basketball players, it's interesting because uh, it's a little bit different than football. I think for football, you guys have the transfer portal, you have that accessible to you all. But for basketball, I feel like it's kind of like NBA free agency every year. And uh, we don't know what's going to happen this offseason. Some of those guys, they have loyal roots to El Paso, but some of those guys, they want to play professionally too. And maybe the, the path to playing professionally is going elsewhere. Who knows? But And, and maybe it's not even their decision. Maybe it's people back home uh, talking to them. But I'm just kind of interested to see what what's going to happen here in the transfer portal season when it when it comes up
6: oh yeah me too uh you know but you know as a player or athlete uh, everybody just has their own journey whenever they feel the best is for them you know I always encourage people to do whatever they think is best for them
0: I hear you I, I get you on that what do you think about this basketball team just overall this year because they've they've kind of came you know from nowhere and and it's kind of like you guys because no one really regarded you all as, as a top team in conference USA and you guys stormed through the slate and you you started off real hot this year and closed out with the first winning season since 2014 look at what the basketball team did as well they accomplished a lot of milestones too it's kind of a, a real similar you know parallels to football and basketball what you
6: guys were able to do yeah, I think, I think uh, the basketball team is really getting better. You know, they're under a new staff. Uh, they got they got new players. They got young players that are not as young anymore. Uh, you know, I think the future is bright for our basketball team.
0: Okay, all right, man. Hey, get comfortable. We got a lot to get to. I have a lot of questions for you. Last time you were here was 2019, so uh, it, it's good to have you back. You, it's it's really excited to talk. I'm really excited to talk to you ahead of uh, what, what could be a great uh, you know a great pro career for you here in, in football. So I'm really excited that you're here. Just stay comfortable. We'll get up. Uh, we'll get to a break right now. After that, we'll talk more with Quadres. Former minor following his NFL Pro Day here at UTEP. If you've got any questions for Quadres, you can give us a call 880 5763, or you can also tweet us at 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. We'll take a timeout right now. When we come back, more with Q here on Sports Talk, right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, welcome back to Sports Talk. He's Angel Munoz. I'm Adrian Bratis. Together we bring you Sports Talk today. Steve out today as he's getting ready for some spring break action. We'll be back in action on Monday, and then Steve will be back with us on the 21st. 880-5763, that's our telephone number. We've got former minor Quadres Wadley in our Lubingo Go studios. Uh, Quadres just wrapped up NFL Pro Day this past week. What would you think of NFL Pro Day? Uh, the miners had several guys out there. You participated in various drills and uh, activities. What would you think of... Uh, uh, pro day I
6: was really I was really impressed with what everyone did uh including myself you know I thought it was a solid day for everyone everyone looked real good real strong uh when he got to position works uh everyone was looking real nice uh no drop balls or anything like that uh, and, I, and I think that the scout that was there was pretty impressed with the guys that he's seen at Utah. I like the fact that
0: you got a chance to showcase the, your your pass catching skills out of the backfield because that's something that you bring to the table in a big way. It's it's kind of like you know what Showtime is doing right now on Sundays with the Packers. You do that as well. You have good hands out of the backfield.
6: Yeah, uh, that, that's that's another skill that you just have to have as a running back today because the game is evolving, and the more you can do, the better you know, the better off you are. Like uh, that's, like the coaches that see. Yeah, he can do a lot. So why not have him on the field?
0: You started with the Miners back in 2016, and if people are wondering, well, He's still here? you know, Six years after? He's still with the Miners? Well, yes, you, you've been through a lot of different things at, with the Miners. You've uh, suffered injuries. You've earned medical red shirts and stuff. But uh, the biggest story behind all of this is you're resilient. You've, you've fought past these injuries right here, and you've still been able uh, to battle on the field and be successful in what you've been able to do. So uh, take me back to when you started here as a freshman. Do you ever reflect back on those days and think, man— I, I was just a freshman here, you know, with, with all these different players here, and and uh, ready to carve out my career. And look at where I'm at now.
6: Yeah, I remember uh, being a freshman, you know, being that little uh, scared nineteen, eighteen year old kid. Uh, but it was it was a great time. I came here, and I think in a good situation. You know, Aaron was here. And that's a guy that you know I looked up to when I was a freshman because uh, I just tried to see everything that he did and not seeing that he was successful on the field. So I was trying to take notes off of anything I could from him.
0: I appreciated the fact that Sean Kugler gave you a lot of carries early on.
6: Oh, yeah, I did that too. Uh, you know, that was one of the big things he told me. He was like, uh, just make sure you're ready to run between tackles because that's what you're going to be doing. I was like, you know, I'm with that, and uh, I I have to thank him a lot too for taking a chance on me.
0: What'd you think of that Texas game back in 2016? That was one that just stuck out to me. I'd made the trip for that one at DKR, and um, you know, it was it was one of those games where it was lopsided. Let's not let's be honest, but Aaron broke away for that big t- rushing
6: touchdown. I I think that kind of put the country on notice. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, that was definitely whenever people seen that, it was like, okay, Utah, you know, Utah might have something over there. Uh, And for me, going into that game, I was so nervous. Like I'm here, I'm this 180 pound uh, running back. Uh, I'm a freshman, second string, hoping Aaron doesn't get hurt. (laughs) Uh, I was saying how big these Texas guys are, but it was it was fun. It was a great experience to. Even I even got a couple of carries that game.
0: Yeah, I remember that. <clears throat> Kevin Durant was honored. I I don't know if you I, you probably blocked everything out at that point as a player, but like Kevin Durant was honored. He was on the field. Like people got to meet him. He had just moved from uh, OKC to Golden State. It was sort of like a. It was like either their opener or some kind of like homecoming or something like that. But I just remember there was a ton of people out there. It was a really really crazy college football environment.
6: Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, it was their opener. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was their first home game of the year. Uh yeah, I mean it was pretty fun. Like I I didn't think it was going to be that loud, but it was very loud. I couldn't hear much. It was cool to see KD in person. Real tall, real tall. Yeah,
0: I thought so too. His his arms were re- what really stood out to me. I was like, "Man, this guy really does have that wingspan." And you get I guess you get to see it when you watch him play in the NBA, but sure, man. Uh what do you give me a good Aaron Jones story when you when you saw him your freshman year when you were just kind of like all right, this this guy's on another level. Like, he, he's taking it. And I remember that year, you know, he was kind of chasing Leonard Fournette. They were kind of 1A, 1B as far as the rushing leaders and rushing touchdown leaders in the country. Uh, what what do you remember about that season? And, and can you give me a story that just really sticks out to you?
6: Uh, Okay, so I'll give you a story. Uh, so I was Aaron's roommate. We had played North Texas here. Uh the game I mean the night before I was asking, I was like, hey like, man, what do you think you're gonna do? Like what do you what do you think you're gonna do tomorrow? And they said, you know what, I'm gonna run for I'm gonna rush for three hundred yards. And I was like, okay. I was like, it's great to set the bar high. And then the next day, uh, <laughs> his first couple of carries, he broke. And then he ended up having three hundred and one yards that game and he was like, see, I told you. I just thought it was fun. I was like, he's a man of his word. He
0: he could have played he could have rushed for more that game, if I remember right. Like he was taken out you guys were killing North Texas at that point, but he was taken out uh, in the fourth quarter of that one, and then you got a bunch of carries late in the game. But he could have rushed for like three fifty or something like that, the way he was going.
6: Yeah, yeah, no, his his vision and stuff was crazy, uh, and just seeing seeing it firsthand just made me want to be more like that.
0: Okay, I'm not a filmmaker. Angel Munoz is the filmmaker back here, but could you make a, a makeshift thirty for thirty on the 2017 season? On the
6: 2017.
0: That 0 and 12 season
6: yeah, I could, I could for sure
0: well how crazy was that season
6: uh, it was real crazy because we wasn't i in my opinion we wasn't as bad as you know it I seemed know to be.
0: no, I know that uh, that winless season, you guys were strong, you had some good you had some dudes on that team alvin Jones uh will Hernandez was on that team, you were on that you had dealt with injuries that year. it was just a really rocky season it just now, I think the army game was kind of where dominoes may have fallen I don't know what, what did you th- what do you remember about that year?
6: Uh I mean, I think kind of where it all fell was after New Mexico state whenever we was you know whenever we were supposed to win that game and we ended up losing uh, I think that took a lot of you know pride out of the team and just everything just we just needed a fresh start after that. And what, what do you
0: even make of that the rest of that season? Because you dealt with a lot of injuries yourself. Like, how how did you try to get out of that uh, little – I don't know. You wouldn't really call it a rut because it was more of injuries than anything else.
6: Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, injuries just come with the game, and you just got to keep going. Uh, and that was my whole thing. I will get injured. I work, I I'll really work at the training room staff to get back as fast as I could. And, you know, uh, things just happen.
0: Yeah, no, I, I totally understand. Now, 2018—that's a huge year for you. This is the first year under head coach Dana Dimmel. Kyle Loxley at quarterback. Uh, He's splitting snaps with Ryan Metz. That year for you, 627 rushing yards, seven rushing touchdowns. I thought you were fantastic that season. I re- I really did. What do you remember about that year?
6: Uh, I remember that year. Uh, I mean, we, was, we were again. We wasn't our our uh, record did not reflect the type of team we were. Uh, I felt that we lost a couple of games that we could have really won. Uh, but, you know, it was just, a, it was just about the transition. Uh, new coach, uh, you know, they have to gain our trust. We have to gain their trust. And it's just come with part of the game. But I think that year we showed strides of who we could be. But that's tough w-
0: when you're talking about trust because when you're having to trust Dana Dimmel with instilling the foundations of the program and then you look at the record and you're just like, well, what's what's going on here? But you're you're still trusting it. You're you're understanding, like, hey, we're building the foundation. We're we're kind of laying the framework, and then you know we're coming back next year, and then it's a one in eleven year as well. And then twenty twenty comes around, and things start to turn a little bit. What what's that trust like? Having that player coach trust, and just really understanding like the bigger picture behind all of this.
6: I mean, that's huge. Huh? That's huge. With any, really with any sport that you play, but mainly football because you got to know that. The guy next to you, or the coach calling the plays for you, that is gonna put you in the best position possible. Uh, if you guys have that certain that certain trust, then you you know you'll do anything. You'll play hard for the coach. You you know you don't want to let the coach down, and nor do you want to let your teammates down. So whenever you build that trust and have a strong trust as a foundation. Then I feel that everyone would just gel together naturally.
0: So the 2020 season rolls around. You start uh, against Stephen F. Austin, and then you opt out the year. What, what was that? What, what was that season like for you? Just having to come to that uh, decision right there, but then come back for, with the Miners this year and really explode onto the scene. Take me through all that.
6: Uh, yeah, I just uh, that that 2020 year, I just wasn't ready yet. Uh, I thought I was. I thought I was more ready than I was. But you know, at some point, you just have to listen to your body. Uh, and And that's what I did, I just took the time out to get back mentally right and physically right. Uh, and then I, I think that was a good decision that I made.
0: Well, look at what you did in the spring game in 2021. You uh, merged onto the scene in a huge way, and everybody kind of put Quadres Wadley on notice right there. Everybody was thinking, man, you're you're really going to help out this team, and look at the running back group that you helped provide the depth for this past year, and you really helped lead the charge for as a veteran player. Dion Hankins along with you, Ronald Awad along with you, and then a younger player in Willie Eldridge. So, I mean, you know, a veteran a veteran like you helped uh, mentor some of these guys, I'm sure, and help pave the
6: way for them uh, coming into this season. Oh, yeah, I, I love those guys to death. Uh, they were like my little brothers. Uh, yeah, I mean, they, they actually asked me to lead them. Uh, and I told them that, you know, I was okay with with being behind them because I understand the circumstances. Uh, but at the same time, they could learn from me, like through practices, through everything. Uh, you know, I ended up still getting a little banged up. Uh, and it was it was just good. It was just great that to know that they looked up to me, and they all expressed to they expressed to me like how much it meant for me to be there with them.
0: How what what's the feeling like winning uh, with UTEP football? Because you you've been through everything here at UTEP football. You've been through everything, but the one thing you hadn't been through is a winning season, and that's what you endured this past year. Ah, hundred
6: percent recommend it. <laughs> uh, whenever you're winning, uh you know you get the turnout that you on the stands like people actually want to come, uh, the com- the community is excited about you, you know just everything is a little bit more exciting whenever you're winning. Did it feel like a switch just flipped? No, it definitely did. It definitely did. It was like, dang, it could have been like this all four years. <laughs> <laughs> well, what what where was the turning
0: point this year? I mean, was it real early on where you guys knew it, like New Mexico State early? Or, or where was the turning point where you knew, like, okay, we got something going here?
6: Honestly, we knew, uh, as a team, we knew in summer camp. Uh, we was just having a great camp. Everyone was looking sharp. Uh, offense, defense, defense was gelling together. It was real competitive. And then really just after the first couple of games, it was like, oh, yeah, like, we, we're going to do it this year. Like It's time to gain our respect. And that was our biggest thing going into last year was just gaining respect respect to people around the country. This year, again, a,
0: a deep running back group, but you emerged onto the scene in that Rice game. You had a, a real strong game in that one, 40 yards, 13 carries, and a touchdown. What did that game mean to you?
6: Uh, that game meant a lot. Uh, it, was, it was on our senior day. I knew it would be my last time playing in front of uh, – El Paso community, in my last game of the Sun Bowl, so I just wanted it to be a special one and definitely wanted to get the win.
0: Again, we're talking right now with former UTEP minor Quadres Wadley. If you'd like to get in on the show, eight eight zero five seven six three. If you have a question for the former minor, uh, send it to us on Twitter. Uh, that's what you can do here on with, with us here on Sports Talk as we continue. Uh, Quadres, when we're, we're talking about this season specifically, the Miners clinch a bowl game. You guys go up against Fresno State in the PUBG Mobile New Mexico Bowl out in Albuquerque. What was a bowl experience like? You talked about winning that you recommend that. What about a bowl game?
6: It was real fun. Uh, you know, uh, I-, I liked it a lot, especially whenever we got to play family feud against the other team. <laughs> uh, that-, that was real interesting and and real fun. You know, I just I didn't know what to expect. It was my first one. And I and I like the fact that you know everyone got gifts. You know that was pretty cool. The food. Was that was good. my first
0: question. What what, what <laughs> gifts did you get? Because we've had we have had a ton of UTEP guests and they've told us their gifts and we've been uh, in our head rating their gifts like their choice. So what'd you get?
6: I had got a JBL uh, wireless speaker, Bluetooth okay. speaker, and an air fryer.
0: Wow, you sound. It sounds like uh, you took a page from uh, either Daylon Williams or Jadrian Taylor. Those guys. It seems like those guys got something similar right there.
6: Uh, I think they took the page from me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: what do you What do you think of uh, all the different gifts that you can get? There was some co- cool stuff that you guys had a chance to actually get out there, right?
6: Oh yeah, yeah. It was it was definitely cool. They had a lot of stuff. They had like AirPods, uh, more speakers, like little gaming stuff, chairs, darts, whatever you know, whatever you wanted. I thought it was it was it was a lot more than I expected.
0: Is, do you replay the bowl game in your head a lot and just think, you know, what if, what if you te- what if you guys end up winning that game, or, or, or do you just kind of move on mentally? What was what you, how do you look back on that game?
6: I look back on it as a as a game that we should have won. Uh, in my opinion, I feel like late late in the game, we just didn't perform as well as we could, and I feel like we honestly we still gained the respect of some people because people expected us to go in the game and get blown out. They didn't expect it to be a close game. Uh, so you know that's uh, I mean I'm, I'm all right with that.
0: Okay, I like that. Yeah, and I think that you guys came with that underdog mentality, and you came out and, and proved to the country that you can really hang with some of the best of them. So now you shift over to the off season. This is all about training for you. You're you're gunning uh, to try to play on Sundays and and play in the NFL someday. Tell walk us through this off season for you and how uh, how what what the experience was like.
6: Uh, the experience was very was uh, really – Let's say, what was it, life-changing? Because, uh, I mean, I've never been through any of it. So, at first I started out with the Tropical Bowl. Uh, I went to Orlando to play in that. And I actually ended up playing pretty good. Uh, the people was impressed that I was there. Uh, I talked to a few people. I talked to the USFL while I was down there. Um, you know, that was just more about getting my name out there more. And then after that, I shifted gears and went to Tyler, Texas, at APEC, and I was training for about three hours a day, Monday through Saturday. And then after that, it was just pro day, and that was just this past Wednesday.
0: I got you. So in the take me back to the Tropical Bowl because I have so many questions. What was that experience like? Like getting the call first off, uh, experiencing that, and then you know even before that, having to sign an agent, having to work at at a different level, and and just kind of you know taking this uh, of what you've been doing these past six years and taking it to a professional level.
6: Uh, yeah, it was cool. Uh first off, I want to I want to thank my agent. I think she's doing very well. Uh she's taken the chance on me, and she has done a lot for me already and we're just getting started, so I'm excited to see where this nice. going to continue to go. Uh but at uh, Tropical Bowl, it was it was cool. It was cool to be there and considered one of the best in the country. Uh, I was consider- it was good to be there with all the other guys and have a chance to compete against, you know, some of the guys that they, that are considered the best. Uh, and I and I think I competed well. Uh, and then as far as the training and stuff uh the training was cool and then again you know training with people that has similar goals you know puts puts uh this whole thing on a different perspective like you know we all want to see each other succeed so I thought it was real cool that you're just in that type of environment
0: uh did you what other NFL hopefuls did you train with out there at Apex I
6: trained with a game, I trained with a guy named uh BJ Bird uh, he went to Moorhead State um, I trained with a guy named Ryan. He went to South Carolina Central, I think. Okay. Uh, and then I had trained with mikhail, mikhail Sanders. He went to UNT. Uh, and then Kendrick Kendrick Price. He went to North Northwestern State.
0: Nice. Okay.
6: So it was it was quite a few Some good guys. names. Yeah, yeah was, most definitely.
0: Well, and and let's talk a little bit more about this pro day because it's so crazy that you work this much and this hard for just one day so you can get measurables out there you can get all the numbers that you need out there in front of pro scouts how crazy is that I mean just to kind of grasp uh, the fact that you can you have to work this hard for just one day that, that comes your way
6: I mean it was real crazy but I mean we we, we know that and we expect that so we just got to wake up that day knowing that this has got to be our best day give me your numbers what'd you what'd you end up actually uh, I have not got my official numbers yet. oh wow but I can tell you uh, what I did here uh, was that, well, I jumped a 36-inch vertical,
0: okay,
6: and then I heard a 4-5, so I don't know if that's official or unofficial yet.
0: Okay, and, and what would you think of, about that if that ended up being official? Did you, do you like those numbers that you ended up doing? Are you satisfied with everything?
6: Yeah, I think that I think uh, a lot of people consider that a solid day.
0: Yeah. Okay. Most definitely. Now let's talk a little bit more about playing on Sundays because that's that's a huge thing for you. Uh, what what's been the communication like uh, at the next level? What's the feedback that you've been getting? Is things that you you need to maybe improve on, or things that they want to see a little bit more from you on?
6: Uh, the feedback that I've been, pretty much been getting on my scouting report is that you know they just wanted wanted to see my speed. Uh, Mainly it was just been about speed and see if I'm still the same guy that, you know, people fell in love with in 2018. And I'm still, you know, been trying to prove that I'm still the same guy. Do you feel better than ever right now? Yeah, I feel better than ever. Uh, I had a lot of time for my body to get back uh, to 100%. Uh, I done leaned up. I'm still weighing about 210, but it's a lean 210, so it's a good 210.
0: Nice. Okay. Well, good stuff. So you've got, you've got all the intangibles right here. I think you're ready to go, Q. I'm really excited for you. I'm looking forward to all this. Uh, to, uh, before we let you go, uh, tell me a little bit more about you know, uh, the, the decisions out there because it's not just the NFL nowadays. It's you know, the Canadian Football League, like you mentioned earlier. It's the USFL. A lot of opportunities can present themselves for you to play at the next level.
6: Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, I I reached out to the USFL already, and I told my agent that I'm open to play for the CFFL. Uh, So, I mean, I see opportunity as opportunity, and I don't want to miss out on an opportunity. Either way, I'm going to be playing in front of people, and people are going to be able to see that I can still play.
0: All right. Now, uh, two more questions. When football is over, when you're done playing professionally, what would you like to do with with your time uh, after football is over?
6: I would like to continue to pursue being a lawyer.
0: Oh, That's okay. Been one of my dreams. Have you uh, taken your LSAT?
6: Uh, no, not yet.
0: Okay. Have you, uh, all right, whenever you whenever you uh, have to do that, hit me up. I had to take my LSAT, so I got you, man. <laughs> okay, I got gotcha. you. I'll give you my study guide. Okay. <laughs> uh, what, in your final couple weeks here in El Paso, what has this community meant to you? You've been here, you're like in El Paso. We just got to ad- adopt you now because you've been here six years so, and almost seven. So we, we just have to adopt you as one of our own. Uh, it's crazy to think that you're going to be leaving us here in El Paso.
6: Yeah, I love, I love El Paso. I love El Paso with all my heart. I feel like I have met some of my best friends that's going to be my lifelong friends. Part of the guys is going to be at my wedding. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sad that I'm leaving, but you know, I'm always coming back to a visit.
0: Okay. How frequently are you going to come? You're going to come for some games. This- have you pra- planned your trip and circled which game you're going to come see the Miners play this year?
6: I'm definitely coming for the home opener.
0: Wow. Okay.
6: And, and for sure, part of the senior day.
0: Okay. Boise State. That, yes, so you're, you'll be there for that one? Yes, sir. Okay, sounds good. Uh, quadres, it's always great to catch up with you. Uh, it's been too long. I think this is what we're, we're running on a three-year streak of not having you on the show, so it's been long overdue on our part. So we're super happy that you got a chance to stop by our studios. This is the perfect time to do it, man, because uh, you you just wrapped up NFL Pro Day. You had a strong outing out there, and I wish you nothing but the best uh, on behalf of the city of El Paso and everybody here at our radio station, man. Good, Best of luck to you, and hope to see you playing on Sundays here soon enough. Thank you for having me. All right. Quadres Wadley joining us here on, on Sports Talk. We're going to take a timeout right now. When we come back, more phone calls and tweets. Stay with us as Sports Talk continues right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right. Welcome back to Sports Talk. He's Angel Munoz. I'm Adrian Bratis filling in for Steve Kaplowitz today. We'll have the Doc Jock Dr. Sergio Alvarado of the Desert Institute of Sports Medicine coming up next here on the show. Ask a Doctor recapping our event from last weekend uh, or last week I should say it was last Thursday and uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about this month as well with the doc. If you have any questions for him send it our way 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. A lot of uh, stories that that uh, that um, have really hit the sporting world today. Here's a big one. A grand jury has declined to indict uh, Houston Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson after a police investigation sparked by lawsuits filed by 22 women who accused him of harassment and sexual assault. So uh, Deshaun Watson, I know a lot of details are very murky about this. Uh, From the NFL standpoint, they talked about how he will be a desired candidate uh, for NFL teams to trade for. My biggest question is, Do you really, you know, if you're an NFL team, do you really want Deshaun Watson, who has all this uh, looming over him, uh, to represent your franchise? This is an NFL league, you know, this is the league where they turn a blind eye to a lot of controversy and off the field issues that go on and you know they're not champions when it comes to things like uh, sexual assault or harassment when it you know combating things like that uh, and the NFL has been very hush hush with this they, they it seems like they will be siding uh, with what the grand jury will say which is hey we're not going to um, go ahead and, and face any ch- we're not going to give any charges to Deshaun Watson because of this look he didn't play all of last year and uh, now he could be you know on the trade market here soon. Who knows? Maybe we could see a trade for Deshaun Watson here in the next couple weeks. Uh, but I think there's still a lot uh, more that we need to find out about this. Uh, speaking of the NFL. There are a ton of NFL free agency uh, storylines to kind of get to. Uh, you know, there's still the quarterback carousel when we're talking about different teams vying for quarterbacks right now. But when we talk about wide receivers, there's some really, really good teams that are out there uh, who could be uh, getting signed here in the next couple weeks once the new league year uh, takes place. Allen Robinson, the second from the Bears. You know, hey, he's a standout receiver. He could be swallowed up by one of these teams in free agency, like the Indianapolis Colts, who might be moving on from Ty Hilton. You look at the Eagles, who still need more depth around their star uh, receiver and Devonte Smith. Um, you know, look at the even the Jacksonville Jaguars; they could be looking at Allen Robinson, signing him to uh, join Trevor Lauren to be one of the, one of his weapons and targets. Uh, I think the the Jaguars are an interesting pick. One of the other big uh, free agent signings that is coming on the horizon is J.C. Jackson, the cornerback uh, for uh, the New England Patriots. It looks like the Los Angeles Chargers want to be in the mix, the Las Vegas Raiders as well, and same with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, some really interesting NFL free agency news that we will monitor here in the next couple weeks. But before we do any more uh, NFL talk, we're going to take a timeout right now. When we come back, we're going to come back with Dr. Sergio Alvarado, the Des- Institute of Sports Medicine. We're excited to have the Doc Jock rejoin us here on the show. Stay with us as the Sports Talk continues right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Steve Kaplowitz today, Adrian Bratis uh, hosting here as we close out this show. Hour number three is here on Sports Talk along with Angel Munoz. I'm Adrian Bratis, but we still have Ask a Doctor with Dr. Sergio Alvarado, the Desert Institute of Sports Medicine. Uh, he just announced his grand opening. We were at, at it. We had a great show out there uh, last Thursday out at 2267 Treywood Suite G2 out in the east side of El Paso uh, and it was so much fun to be out out there at the Desert Institute of Sports Medicine they were expanding their locations uh, their location and everybody got a chance to be out there there were uh, great food there was a, a lot of great people we had some great guests on the show Doc it's great to bring you back on the show how's everything going man are, are you still uh, are you still coming down from how great of a party that was last week
7: it was excellent thanks Adrian yeah I know <laughs> you guys I mean uh, helped us uh, put on a good uh, good, good uh, opening you know we had a, like you said we we had uh two two uh, great football players from UTEP coming out and then we had the luchadores and and of course uh great prizes and and a really good atmosphere a lot of people like uh um were able to make it and and I'm glad they, they got to see the clinic and they're excited and and uh I'm excited you know for a new chapter uh, a time an opportunity for growth you know
0: Oh, of course, and again, if you have any questions for Dr. Sergio Alvarado of the Desert Institute of Sports Medicine, you could give us a call right now, 880-5763, that's our telephone number. We could bring you on the show with us right now, or you could tweet us at 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. Uh, Doc, I want to talk a little bit more about this grand opening event, because, uh, the, the expansion event that we had last week. Um, first off with the players, this is not health-related, and we'll get to some health-related questions in a little bit, because uh, we still have a lot to cover here on the show today. But Doc, I want to ask you about those two football players in spe- you know in specific, uh, Jadrian Taylor, Praise, and Mehule, who uh, joined uh, your uh, you know your your grand opening event. Doc, what does it mean to you just knowing that uh, college athletes can get paid for things like this, and, and you could help out you know uh, a school like UTEP and some of the players who are who are playing there, and, and just to see how much it meant to them uh, to be there. What does that mean to you, right there?
7: Well, first of all, I mean, like, yes, like my my thanks. You know, like I, I told both both players that that day, I was very thankful that they were able to to come out and make it, and you know, uh, I know they got a, a busy schedule and, and themselves. They got they're still, you know, people forget they're they're still students, so they they still got to go to classes and stuff. So we appreciate the the fact that they, they took some some time out of their busy schedule. And yeah, you know what? Now the rules are, are a little different, and and I think. Uh, why not you know like i mean the thing is you work hard and 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 uh you know yes you have your scholarship but you know there's other you know other things come up and and uh, uh obviously you know like your talent got you there um i think they they should get paid you know why why not pay the guys you know like and um give them some money back for 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 also like uh helping out their their school uh um, athletic programs you know
0: i think so and and it doesn't you know for these guys what, what a lot of people think is, oh, well, they have it great. They, they're getting their tuition paid for. They're getting the books paid for and all that. Just think back to when you were a student and all the different expenses that come up. I mean, gas money, the the food that you need to buy, just to just to live like a, a, an everyday human being. I mean, these players, they, they need those that extra money. And this is a great way for them to do that, benefit off their name, image, and likeness. And look at what they got a chance to do. They got a chance to meet all the people out at the Desert Institute of Sports Medicine when they got a chance to go out there, sign autographs, take pictures with fans, uh, give out some t-shirts, and uh, I felt like they were a hit, Doc, I just feel like you know maybe we got to ask you for some more doctor friends so we could refer uh, some of these UTEP football <laughs> players over to.
7: Yeah, no, I mean I I think you you know we we were blessed you know because both guys you know like uh, I I know you know there's there's always you know different personalities when when it comes to sports but both guys you know like uh, very open very friendly uh, the crowd you know loved them they they were out there and mingling and and uh, a lot of pictures and, and a lot of smiles and and. Just down to earth, guys. You know, they they're humble, and and uh, it was great. You know, we, we got a, the opportunity to, to uh, share that. You know, with with uh, the the people that made it
0: out here. You know. Yeah, most definitely, Doc. Hey, I, I want to talk about three different things. This is uh, March is the month of many different things that we're celebrating. The first thing that I want to talk about is uh, National uh, Women's History Month, and and one of the specifics that you touch on a lot at, at your uh, at your uh, you know at the Desert Institute of Sports Medicine, National Cheerleader Safety Month. This is a big thing for you all. Uh, you deal with uh, helping uh, protect cheerleaders, uh, spreading the words about uh, safety, and making sure the cheer programs follow the proper regulations recognize all the different safety measures that are in place this is a big thing for you all because you do see different cheerleaders who end up coming by your offices
7: correct yeah and, and, and you know a lot of people forget like that that you know they they kind of just brush off and they forget that that cheerleading is is a sport and, and it's a sport where where a lot of injuries do occur you know they they they're doing a lot of stunts and um sometimes you know that uh, the, the, the the good thing is we have a lot of good coaches in the el Paso area, so obviously yeah safety and is a big issue and and with uh the, the Chile, like you said you know we we will see a lot of, of concussions and unfortunately yeah sometimes they they the accidents occur and, and um it's important that that they 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 get seen you know
0: uh, when we're talking about concussions, what, when do they, uh, when do they occur when, uh, the sport of cheerleading takes place? Like when, when do these, uh, d- these individuals get those concussions? I'm just so curious about that.
7: Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of people, they're like, yeah, well, when is this happening? Obviously, you know, you see it with the other sports that you're like, Hey, this is,
0: uh, It's like contact, right?
7: Yeah. So, I mean, um, and, and I mean, it's, it's crazy. Like the, 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 statistics. so 91%, it, it's, of course it happens during the stunts and, and, uh, it can happen in uh, different ways, but obviously, uh, if sun's gone wrong, um, the they, uh, the worst case scenario is they fail to catch um, the tree leader that's going up, or even sometimes the, the, the they they don't they don't um, give enough enough uh, support for the head. So, a lot of people forget that concussions it, it doesn't necessarily have to be a a direct blow to the head. It it, it can be the 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 um, whiplash effect. Kind of coming coming back on on uh, the brain, and then we, we get what's called the the counter coup um, um, lesion that that kind of ricochets and makes the brain kind of jostle back and forth, and and then you get your concussion.
0: Now, when we're talking about preventing the injuries when it comes to cheer and and different things. Like let, let's just go back to the Women's History Month and just, you know, sports for female athletes. What what are some of your initial tips? I know it's just a pretty general question right there. very broad, but what are some general tips when it comes to just preventing some of these injuries from happening?
7: I think uh, I think one of the main things is, is uh making sure that 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 you're ready for for your sport, you know, and so like a lot of times um you know i see uh people get injured uh you know volleyball players because they they took the whole summer off and they really they jump back in you know um without really having done anything in the summer and so part of it is uh, i tell the athletes you know what i mean like 2 or 3 weeks before your 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 sport starts you need to start kind of getting back in the mindset um and then the flip side of that i mean like the complete spectrum you know like the i guess the 180 here is is the, the the athletes that overdo it that that are year round that I tell them hey, you know what don't don't overdo it either, you know like take two two three months off or you do a different sport, you don't just do softball, you don't just do soccer, you know you do something else I
0: but, think that's so important, I really yeah, do Yeah, and
7: so I mean like i think sports specific you know like um just some quick things I guess you know like uh the main main thing also is is just uh that they're hydrating well and that, and that they're taking care of their body you know um as far as uh I tell all athletes, you know, in the end it does, it's just like a car. If you put in cheap gas, you're going to get cheap results. So, you know, cutting down on the fast food, no matter what sport you're in, like it's always a a good thing.
0: Oh, man. You're
7: hydrating, you know.
0: Hey Doc, I, I think you must have read my mind. We we had no prep today, uh, which we usually do, but uh, we had no prep. But we you had a perfect, perfect segue into the next thing that we're honoring this month. That's National Nutrition Month. I, I don't know if you oh planned God. this right there, as far <laughs> as right that segue, idea. but <laughs> that was perfect right there. It's National Nutrition Month, Doc. Uh, what are, uh, this is uh, something that we could all use here at, at our LubinGo Studios. Just a little, uh, some uh, little tips and healthy advice. Uh, I took some of your advice that you gave us back in January when we were talking about the new year, this is a good time to reemphasize those those rules.
7: Yeah, and, and you know what? I, I think right now with everybody, you know, the, the, with spring break kind of going on, it's really easy to kind of forget, you know, that, oh, like I got to make sure I got to start eating, like keep, keep you know, like my health up. But the big thing is is, is uh, greens, you know, like make sure that half, half that plate, you know, is, is, is green veggies, you know. So we're talking about, your romaine lettuce. We're talking about Brussels sprouts. Um, we're talking about um, um, broccoli. Um, uh, of course, that you you can have. You know, like you got to have your lean protein. So uh, anytime, like uh, you, people forget that you can still. You know, a lot of the, the vegans do well in this, and and uh, you have your your chickpeas, your your beans, um, your your uh, um, hummus. And, and even your your soil where you can get your your protein from a linear source and not necessarily it doesn't necessarily have to be just meat-based,
0: you know? Now, let me ask you this, Doc. This might be a, a weird kind of question, but what about, like, drinks? I think we talked about this last time. You, you were suggesting get water when you can, but, um, you know, for those people who, who really do want to get, like, a an alternate beverage or something like that, they want to get a soda, they want to get a sports drink, what are some advice, uh, you know, some healthy tips and advice that you could give us here uh, for National Nutrition Month? Well, and,
7: and one thing, you you know, like you said, it when, when uh, back in the day, you know, like, uh, you know, Gatorade back, with, with the Florida Gators, this is where it all began. Um, Gatorade was, was intended for, for ultra-endurance uh, uh, ultra, ultra endurance athletes, and so we're talking about two-hour workouts, and so the first thing I tell people, look, you know what, I mean, like, even then, it was it was supposed to be eight ounces, and, and Gatorade doesn't even sell the eight ounces. I think the smallest is that little 12-ounce, and so I tell them, look, if you're working out, you know, and some people do work out for two more than, like, you know, an hour and a half, two hours, so, like, yeah, they, they definitely need it, but you don't need to drink your calories. And, and, and a lot of people forget that, um, you know, the original Gatorade, it, it, it's pretty horrible. So then they decided to add sugar. And, and we're talking about, you know, uh, 20 or more grams of sugar per, per serving. And so that, you know, when you break it down, a lot of people think, you know, they, they go into McDonald's and they're like, well, I'm not going to drink the, the soft drink because I want to drink something healthy. Well, guess what? You're, you're you're drinking just as much sugar, you know, and this, this, the Powerade Gatorade. And, and so... Said earlier, I think you you hit it, you know, hit the nail on the head when you said um, water. You know, I, I tell athletes, you know, if, if we're the majority of our our body is, is water, the, the healthiest thing you can drink is, is water. And yeah, I mean, Gatorade here and there, if you if you if you're really out in the sun, it's fine, but don't overdo it and don't make it a, a daily thing. Because I've I've also seen where, um, you know, the blood pressure's go goes up, or even the the blood sugar start going up because they're having a, a daily Gatorade.
0: Of course. No, we're right now. We're talking right now with uh, Dr. Sergio Alvarado, of the Desert Institute of Sports Medicine. Want to let everybody know that Dr. Alvarado is El Paso board certified in family medicine with an added qualification in sports medicine. You can call to set up an appointment at the Desert Institute of Sports Medicine at 915-256-9751. Uh, continuing with this conversation, Doc, with National Nutrition Month and talking a little bit about spring break. OK, I'm going to give you a scenario and you tell me what to do. OK, I'm getting ready. for spring break I'm going on vacation with my family and we're heading out of town Uh, we're going to uh, various different spots so we might not have time to cook a meal or do some or think about healthy alternatives what are some tips that you could give me in this uh, hypothetical scenario about healthy ways to eat or or just uh, you know when you're vacationing what's the right thing to do
7: Right, and so I mean exactly. A lot of times too, like you know what I mean. It, it, the, the circumstances don't don't present, so where you can't be making your meals. And, and you know, one of the things uh, the two, with fast food, the two of the the, the big uh, calorie um, uh, rich uh, foods is number one your your fries and then your soft drink. So those, those those two things, you know, when you eliminate that from from the equation, you're going to save yourself a lot of calories that that are are not very healthy. So I tell, uh, I tell athletes, you know what? I mean, like when you're going to go on vacation, okay, at least try to not drink your calories and try to drink water. If you're going to hit McDonald's, you know, and then swap, swap out the fries for, for the, the side salad. Don't take the croutons off, take the cheese off. And then, you know, two teaspoons of, 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 uh, vinaigrette should do it as far as that, The, and then try to get, get the grilled chicken, whatever, you know, like Burger King, McDonald's, they, they all have a grilled chicken, something. Um, and then get it on a week one. It's harder, I mean, like you said, it's harder when, when you're, you're traveling because your options, you know, are limited, but I think you could still just following some of that advice, I think that, that cuts down on a lot of the, the calories. And, 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 yes, it doesn't beat a home-cooked meal, but if that's the, the only choice, then that's at least a little bit healthier
0: doc i want to close it out with this we're honoring three different things this month of march national nutrition month national cheerleader safety month and this one march is also uh national colorectal cancer awareness month and this is one of those things where hey uh, colon cancer uh, 60 percent of the deaths they could be prevented with screening how important is it to get screened uh, ever so often when it comes to this
7: important yes even super important and and um I, I, I urge, I mean, uh, I know we have our, our callers, you know, that are listening audience, ranges, you know, but um, if you're 50 and up, uh, it's time to time to get checked. And, and so the higher, you know, higher risk, of course, is going to be somebody that's had a family history of, of colon cancer, uh, somebody that's having uh, rectal bleeding, um, somebody that, that has smoked. Um, those are all higher risk. And the, the gold standard is, is colonoscopy. Um, I know with, with, uh, COVID, uh, things kind of changed because unfortunately there was a lot of centers that, uh, uh, GI specialists that they didn't have access to the, 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 surgical centers and, and, uh, and even now I think, you know, there's still some people that are wanting to come out and, and number two, you know, choice number two, of course, you know, going back, um, would be something like Cologuard, you know, and, and, uh, great alternative, you get this little box in in the mail. Again, um, I I, I would stress though that, you know, talk to your doctor to see what's the best choice for you. If you're high risk, colonoscopy is the gold standard. Um, um, But if you're not, then then guards might be a good, good number two, you know.
0: Hey, all right. Well, hey, Doc, I, I appreciate that insight because I think that's so important. It, it prevents deaths. And I think it really needs to be stressed this month uh, and every month, you know, when it comes to this stuff. I know it's tough to talk about. That's that's another thing is some people just don't want to talk about this stuff. They don't want to be reminded about it. It's It lives in the back of their head and they think, eh, I'm OK. But this is a, a very, very important preventative uh, measure that uh, everybody could take in their lives. That's
7: right. Just, I mean, the thing is, yeah, like and, and I mean, with every every um, decade in in our, our lives, like come different challenges and and come different screens and and uh, anybody you know past the age of fifty, if you haven't done so, like I would suggest you you have that conversation with with your physician.
0: Hey, all right, Doc. Hey, I really appreciate the time today, Doc. Again, Doctor Sergio Alvarado, the Desert Institute of Sports Medicine. They care about your health, easing your pain, and getting you back to the activities you enjoy. The most important thing to know: they are now accepting new patients. If you want to be like us, uh, go with Doctor Sergio Alvarado. He is the the these he is the Jock Doc of Sports Talk, and uh, he joins us here on the phone lines. Appreciate all the time with us today, Doctor Sergio Alvarado. Thanks so much for everything you do with us here on. The show, and uh, we'll look forward to talking to you here in the next couple weeks. Real quick, before I let you go, are you excited for March Madness, Doc? Are, are you ready for uh, for some college hoops here?
7: I'm ready. I, you know, this is one of, one of my favorite time, times of the year. You know, like, uh, and of course, I'm always like kind of root for the underdog, so wherever they land in the bracket, So you know what
0: here I'm gonna pitch something to you, doc and, and if you do this uh more power to you let maybe you could print out some brackets in your waiting room and have people fill it out while they're waiting for you. How about that yeah, let's
7: see what let, let's yeah like uh maybe maybe we have somebody that 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 uh knows what what uh is gonna be the
0: the the champion this year yeah, that maybe that's the case. Let's see. we can get a million dollar bracket out there. Hey, right, doc, really appreciate all the time. thanks again.
7: Thank
0: you, Adrian. All right, that's Dr. Sergio Alvarado of the Desert Institute of Sports Medicine joining us on the phone lines. We're going to take a timeout right now. When we come back, we're going to talk some locomotive FC soccer. Joe Rod is on deck. Stay with us as Sports Talk continues right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, welcome back to Sports Talk. Adrian Broaddus and Angel Munoz carrying you through the rest of the show. Eight eight zero five seven six three, 5763 our telephone number. Time to switch it up, talk some soccer. And it's a busy, busy weekend in the borderland when it comes to the sport of soccer. Uh, Locomotive FC getting started. Uh, FC Juarez at a crossroads at the halfway point of their season. And here to break all of this down with us is our man Joe Rodriguez. You can check him out on Twitter, Jrod at 915. And check out his soccer content up on our website at 600 ESPN El Paso dot com. Joe, what's going on, man? How are you,
4: Agent? Man, good to talk to you on a Friday, heading into this weekend on a on a crazy weather Friday.
0: <laughs> oh, seriously, man. I mean, we get a little snow. Uh, hopefully, nothing like that at Benito Olympic Stadium tonight. Real quick, Joe, before we get into everything today, what do you think about UTEP's uh, exit yesterday in the Conference USA tournament?
4: Oh man, uh, just utterly heartbreaking. Uh, you. You know, you want to think if they would have gone off to just a slightly better start, that would have made the entire difference in the game. I I think, you know, the result would have been completely different and in favor of UTEP's direction. But, hey, man, a fantastic season. I think uh, Coach Joe Golding uh, played uh, the, the final stretch of the regular season going into March on, on house money because I think he, he delivered more than he had to for his opening season. And like I commented on Twitter yesterday, the future is bright for Utah basketball. Uh, under Joe Goldie,
0: I think so too. I, I'm totally in an agreement with you, man. And I know you've helped us all season long when it comes to UTEP basketball. So, just wanted to make sure that we get your your thoughts on that. And I, I agree with you. I think that you broke it down perfectly. Uh, let's start off. Let's talk some locomotive FC soccer because what an off season it was. I mean, you you have to really start with the off season by going back to last year. And last year they uh, had a chance to be uh, one of the best uh, in the uh, entire uh, USL when it comes to their record. They actually vied with um, uh, Phoenix Rising FC for the best record in the Western Conference. They set a club record with 18 wins under their belt, and they went unbeaten at home until the postseason tournament came around. They were a bounced-out right away. Oakland Roots SC had an upset victory, and that was it. I mean, just right there, the season was over, and subsequently, uh, their head coach and technical director, Mark Lowry, departed from the club. He goes to Indy 11, and uh, now we're here with the new head coach, John Hutchinson. It feels like a, it feels like a long offseason for Locomotive FC soccer, but it's not all disastrous at all. I mean, they're good players coming in, good players returning and uh, it's just kind of crazy to reflect back on these past months and just realize how much has changed within this club.
4: Yeah, no, definitely but I think uh, the the locomotive front office uh, you know, I think they did their due diligence uh, with regarding to what the work that they needed to do um, over the course of the offseason to maintain an El Paso locomotive team Adrian that, um has been very, very successful in a very short period of time, uh, you know, and and I think you know it's one of the things that um, kind of is understated. No matter how much we talk about it, it's understated the amount of success um, that the locomotive have shown in the USL Championship is, is rather impressive. And and I repeat, you know, I think uh, this front office did their due diligence in hiring John Hutchinson. He comes on board. And uh, they get to work immediately and, and make some very, very interesting acquisitions. Uh, basically, the people that they wanted uh, made their way down to the borderland. And, you know, it, it's not a rebuild. It's a reload for this team. And I look forward to them being, uh, once again, one of the top teams in what is the the... Um, the 2022 regular season.
0: Of course. And what, what, did your, what are your thoughts on just Coach Mark Lowry departing for Indy 11? Like, how should we view that as sports fans?
4: I mean, I I would like to assume, well, I would like to think that I know the reasons why he did it. I feel that um, his trajectory and his what he wants out of his career, um, you know, bigger aspirations, I think – his path would be a lot easier if he went to another organization, um, someone that's a little bit more established, someone that, for whatever reason, and that's another conversation for another day—a much longer conversation. MLS teams, higher division soccer teams, will turn and look at certain teams when they when they when they look elsewhere and they look in the lower divisions of the the U.S. soccer pyramid. Um, there's still other franchises that will. Stick out if they're successful, and their coaching, their coaches and their staff will stick out and be more successful. Um, uh, and I don't think El Paso Locomotive is there yet. So therefore, I think you know that's why I think he moved to Indy Eleven. If he can turn that around for whatever reason, MLS teams that will catch their eye more than if he was successful and won championships without, uh, with all, with Locomotive why that is even i i still haven't figured it out
0: sure yeah it's a it's a puzzling one for me too man what about uh incoming head coach john hutchinson i know that he boasts a resume of uh having a having some success as the tacoma defiance head coach and he had a strong squad over there now what do you think about him coming here to el paso and coaching the locomotive fc yeah you
4: know just as the way you see a lot in the world of soccer he's a globetrotter adrian i mean he's you talk about his uh, stint in the Northwest with the Seattle Sounders organization, with the Tacoma Defiance in the USL, which is linked to the Seattle Sounders. You know, he, he's obviously coached in his native Australia, across Asia, more, most recently in Japan. So yeah, no, I mean, it was, you know, he, the fact that uh, the locomotive turned to him, reached out to him, caught his interest, coming to the borderline caught his interest. He obviously... Did his due diligence, he did his homework as far as finding out what the locomotive is about, what they've accomplished in only three years of existence, um, and what this ownership group has to offer, you know, running El Paso Locomotive FC. I think uh, one of the things that's also very underrated, underestimated, and flies beneath the radar in the world of USL with other franchises is just exactly um, who Mount Star Sports Group you know, under the, the command of Alan Ledford is and and the financial capacity that this ownership group has that I still maintain to this day with the locomotive, with FC Juarez, they still haven't showed that financial capacity that they have. And I think because of COVID, you know, they, they were biding their time already as it was, you know, the pandemic. I think it's set them back even more. Uh, but yeah, no, definitely uh, John Hutchinson comes in and he, he knows, who is working for and, and the, the amenities that he's provided coaching the locomotive.
0: Now, of course, headlining the returning uh, group is, of course, 18 uh, year old sensation Diego Luna. Uh, how do we put it into words how valuable this player really is?
4: So, extremely valuable. I think uh, he came in with a lot of promise, and, and uh, you know, there was a buzz about him. And, you know, that, that promise and that buzz, Adrian, it came to fruition. And it exploded within the first 45 minutes of play that he had with the locomotive. He's got a lot of talent. And you know what? I know locomotive fans don't want to hear this, but he's got the kind of potential where it would not surprise me in the least bit if he does not finish the year with El Paso locomotive and moves on to higher division soccer, whether it be in the MLS or elsewhere. I think Diego Luna possesses that kind of talent And I'm sure there's a lot of eyes on him already in in upper division from upper division clubs that will be paying attention to what this 18-year-old does with the locomotive starting tomorrow on the west coast when they face uh when they face Sacramento Republic FC.
0: Now, you say they might not like to hear that, but couldn't that actually help Locomotive FC, their brand, their image, uh the players that they end up getting down the line if you have somebody like that who can uh, carve a path for himself, going into out to Europe or playing at the next uh, at the highest level there is in, in soccer, isn't that actually good for the the image and brand of Locomotive FC soccer?
4: Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. That's definitely the case. I mean, that's one hell of a selling point. Um, you know, if, if Diego Luna does leave for you know quote unquote greener pastures, uh, but at the end of the day, Adrian, I don't think uh, loyal locomotive fans really, you know, they they want they want to keep their races with them so that they can see their team succeed. I mean, and it's a it's a valid thing, but yes, I mean, what you're saying, Adrian, is is very logical and it's it's very it's it's it, 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 it's a practical way of looking at things. But as we both know. Uh, high-hard sports fans, sometimes they, they, they don't look at that kind of foot picture.
0: Right now we're talking with Joe Rod who's talking with us about El Paso Locomotive FC soccer. Check out Joe Rodriguez's work with us on our website 600ESPNELPASO.com He just posted an article with us FC Juarez at a crossroads at the halfway point of the season. You can check out that story as well. Let's talk about some of the notable arrivals that we'll be seeing this weekend for Locomotive FC. I know we're, we're talking about Evan Newton who's the goalie. Uh, there's uh, Frank Francois who's a midfielder, Eric Calvillo, who's a midfielder, and also uh, I think it's Harry Brockbank, who's the defender. Who are some of the notable arrivals for Locomotive FC that have really caught your attention?
4: You know, the one that you haven't talked, that, the one that you failed to mention, the one that's caught my eye the most, Adrian, uh, would be um, uh, Ander uh, Egalus. I, I, I still okay. haven't memorized and, and, and learned his name completely, but... He is a player that was a trialist. He is a, a dual citizen, Spain and uh, American. Uh, mother's from Idaho, and uh, his father is from the Basque Country in Spain. And he, he played in the Academy for Athletic Bilbao. He's a center defender. Um, very interesting, very solid, very disciplined uh, didn't make a whole lot of mistakes in the three preseason games or two or three preseason games that I saw him participate. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if he gets to start tomorrow. Um, out of everyone that's arrived, um, he's the one that's kind of caught my eye the most. But then, yeah, you do mention Christian Francois, uh, Emmanuel uh, Um those, those are two wingers that are going to be on the attack that are definitely going to help. You mentioned Eric Calvillo. He plays uh, on the national team. Uh, with his uh, with his uh, native uh, or with, as he's a citizen of a Central American country. Yeah, El Salvador. And, uh, yeah, El Salvador. Yeah, I don't want to know. I didn't know if it was El Salvador, or Guatemala. I didn't want to get that <laughs> wrong and, and be crucified for it later. But yeah, no, he's got he brings in plenty of experience. Another center defender, Martin Pallares, um He comes in. It's the first time he's ever played professionally in America. Comes in also with a with a very interesting resume. So, like I said, I repeat, this team. Uh, Adrian uh, didn't, isn't, didn't, re- isn't working on rebuilding. They just reloaded and want to continue to move forward. We, we also have to remember, Adrian, you cannot forget the base of this team—that you know those players that have been here since vi- day one, uh, players like Andrew Fox, players like Richie Ryan, uh, Yuma that have that have been here in the Borderland. Oh, well, uh, I'd be, I'd be, it'd be terrible for me to skip out on on uh, Luis uh, Chapa Herrera, the boy from El Paso who's been here since day one. Those guys are the pillars of of this club and will continue to be so for the the 2022 season. And, yeah, no, um, like I said, El Paso locomotive fans should be excited for what's going to happen tomorrow starting at 8 o'clock El Paso time out on the West Coast in Sacramento. And then, of course, uh, in two Saturdays from now when they play their biggest rival in their uh, season home opener in New Mexico United.
0: Yeah, that New Mexico United is the one I'm circling in. I think it's a little bit of a deceiving stat, but Locomotive FC, they enter this year on a 23-game home undefeated streak in the regular season, not counting that postseason game that they dropped. So it's a little deceiving uh, kind of a number right there, but I'm interested to see what Hutchinson's squad can do in that first home opener against New Mexico United, aren't you?
4: Yeah, most definitely. I mean, and I know Coach Hutchinson has made uh mentioned in the past it's just another game going to try and downplay it, take the pressure off his players and obviously off of himself. But no, it's uh whatever happens tomorrow in Sacramento when they turn the page and start to prepare for New Mexico United, it's going to be a very, very important week of preparation because, you know, it's a double-edged sword or situation, Adrian. Uh you know, the the biggest game of the season at home will be against New Mexico United. It's going to be a season opener. You know, maybe you wish that game would be a little bit later in the season when the, when the team is, is, is in full, uh, you know, regular season form. But no, I mean it's going to be the same kind of test for New Mexico United so it's going to be interesting. But yeah, that's 2 weeks away. Tomorrow it's all about Sacramento Republic FC.
0: Okay, give me the latest on FC Juarez uh, because they're struggling. You wrote about this up on our website 600 com. and as we close out our conversation with you, uh it seems like they're just at a crossroads with their season and uh this is it's it's either, you know, sink or swim right now for uh FC Juarez.
4: Yeah, no, absolutely. And you know, it all started with a tweet last Friday after uh, they lost to León 1-0 of, uh, you know, that post-match press conference with Ricardo Tuca Ferretti. It went viral off of the qu- the opening question that I asked in that press conference. Um, you know, this team's not doing well. Ricardo Tuca Ferretti, one of the most legendary and without a doubt one of the most successful coaches in the history of Mexican soccer, came to the borderland uh, to to take control of, of FC Juarez, Adrian. Uh, his salary is rumored to be over two million dollars wow. a year,
0: and it, yes. and no success out of it. Yes,
4: and you know he came in with one goal, and it was to get the team out of relegation danger. Obviously, right now there's no relegation danger in Mexican soccer, but there is a hefty fine, and you if you if you end up being in the last three places, a multi million dollar penalty that you have to pay. If you end up being in the last three places of the relegation table, his one goal was to get FC Juarez out of that. No, nope. they're in dead last right now. They've only won six games since last summer under Ferretti's command. And uh, he said last week after their most recent defeat that his resignation has been on the table since last year, last season. And no, nope. uh, you know, the front office uh, doesn't want to. You know, doesn't want to accept it. They still have faith in him. But, uh, yeah, no, it's a very pressure cooker situation. And like I said on Twitter last week, uh, for Mount Star Sports Group, uh, they have, obviously, the El Paso Chihuahuas. They have El Paso Locomotive FC. But FC Juarez is truly becoming their problem child because we're, Mount Star Sports Group has had success with El Paso Locomotive FC with the El Paso Chihuahuas, not just from a business standpoint, but with results on the field as well, Adrian. Um yeah that that has not been the case with FC Juárez they just cannot get this team on any kind of winning track and it's unfortunate for them because Adrian uh you know just to put it into perspective they're paying the coach over 2 million dollars a year that gives you an idea what the payroll is annually for FC Juárez and their you know their roster and the players that they bring I,
0: in. I I just can't grasp I can't wrap my head around the fact that the resignation has been on the table since last year so like like what's going on they, they just saying ah oh, no this guy's gonna do it at some point like he'll turn it around we we're, we're we're uh we have full confidence and I remember Joe you joined us the day he was hired it and how highly it wasn't just you it was everybody talking about what a monster splash hire this was for uh for the bravos and uh, the FC Juarez and what they were able to uh grab in him but it just hasn't worked out I don't get the whole fact that the resignation has been on the table since last year that's crazy to me
4: yeah, and, and what I, what 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 gets me what what gets me is if Adrian, if you and I resign, that's because we want out of a situation exactly whether, for whatever reason. But if you if you continue to be there, what's your day to day motivation? What kind of mood are you in? Are you happy where you're at? And all of those questions are obvious. Is is Ferretti happy even just living day to day in the borderland? And how does that affect his ability to be you know the head coach of this team? All of those questions remain unanswered. Obviously, he's very, very um, particular with the way, the time that he gives the media. If you all think Bill Belichick is bad, Duca Ferretti is like, bro, you play in the minor <laughs> leagues compared to the way Ferretti treats, treats the media. He is very monosyllabic. He'll only take two or three questions. Every press conference and that's it. And just walk away or what? And, and yeah, no, no, they'll they'll terminate the press conference. They'll be like, "That'll be it. Thank you very much." And he gets up and walks away. So yeah, I mean, like I said, it's just it, it, it's it, it's interesting to see how hard of a time um, just the FC Juarez front office has had to just be successful at at you know or show the promise of success. It just hasn't come, but you know. The commitments there by this ownership group, and uh, you know, it's it's just co- trying to continue to, to 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 turn things around. That's that's all they can do is continue to work at it.
0: Oh man, and they've got Atlas tonight. This is going to be almost impossible. The defending Liga BBVA MX East champions.
4: Yeah, yeah, and obviously Adrian, they're coming in off of uh, the biggest controversy that's hit the world of soccer in the last week. Of you course, saw those acts of violence in Querétaro that that just took the sports world by storm all around the world um, obviously there's been a lot of modifications and that's going to be interesting to see too how different things are uh executed tonight from a logistical standpoint for FC Juarez with all of the new rules and regulations with added security measures to avoid uh you know the tragic things that happened in Querétaro last week where fans uh, invaded the field of play, and it almost became like a riot-like atmosphere within the stadium.
0: Yeah, that's that's really uh, interesting. I can't wait to hear how it goes tonight because of everything that, like you mentioned, everything that happened last week and how it'll uh, relate to tonight at Benito Juarez Olympic Stadium. Joe, thank you so much for all the coverage that you do with us in soccer. Uh, we'll we'll uh, continue to push all the content that you have up on our website right now, and uh, have a great weekend, man. We'll talk to you soon.
4: Thanks a lot, Adrian. Have yourself a good weekend. we'll be in
0: touch. All right, that's Joe Rod. Check out his story up on the website. FC Watt is at a crossroads at the half point uh at the halfway point of the season at six hundred ESPN El Paso We're gonna take a timeout right now when we come back, wrapping up the show, movie review with Angel. That's coming up next as sports Talk continues right here on six hundred ESPN El Paso.